Fans of the Dynasty Invest podcast, if you feel like there was one particular episode in the back catalogue in the anthology of Dynasty Invest podcast episodes that really, really, really was massively valuable to you, feel free to share that with a fellow dental colleague who's in a similar position so their understanding of finance can be elevated and they can hit the next level of financial success in their life. Also, as well as that, if you could take two seconds to rate and review this podcast, it would mean the world to me. What that would mean is that it drives this podcast further in terms of reach so that more dentists across the world can be able to benefit from the knowledge contained therein. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Dentists Who Invest podcast. Alrighty, welcome to another live on the Dentist Invest Facebook group with Returning Face, Luke Hurley. We're here today to talk about investing in 2024. Spoiler alert, and not so much of a plot twist, it's the same as investing was in 2023, but guess what? We're going to give you a really nice formula that you can apply going forwards and continuously in order to do that. But before we do that, Luke, how are you this evening? Yeah, very well. Thank you, James. Had a good day, despite the cold. Smashing, always good to hear. And happy New Year, of course. I think it's still just about acceptable to wish other people happy New Year. But I'm officially going to call this as the cutoff point right now because it is the 9th of January. Look, there'll be loads of people on the group who know you, but some people on the group who have yet to meet you. Maybe Matt and I did a little bit of an intro about yourself before we proceed. Yeah, sure. Um, I started in financial services uh, just over 10 years ago, or 11 years, in fact. Um, working as a financial advisor, specializing in helping uh, dentists and doctors um, make smart financial decisions and plan their finances. Uh, And uh, more recently, I've been doing some financial coaching. What we're going to do in just a minute is discuss that little formula that we talked about that anybody can apply to their investment portfolio. This is the most logical and sensible methodology I've ever seen to be able to break down from top to bottom. Are you making the right decision whenever it comes to number one, allocating your capital in the right place, number two, using the right account, number three, well, there's more in there. You're going to see in just a second. Before we do that, it's always super interesting to know how many people are live and in the house watching watching, 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 watching this live with us here this evening. Go ahead and throw live in the comment section so we know how many people are here watching this live with us and we can get to you when the opportunity arises later on to answer, to ask some questions. We can, of course, get to you. For people who are watching this on follow-up, feel free to throw a replay in the comment section and get a really good idea of the mix, of the split, and then we can tailor this content going forward. Also, we have got something really cool that we're gonna drop at the end of this 20-minute webinar this evening. And you're going to want to hang around for that. It's a special gift for those who are watching the webinar tonight. So feel free to hang on to the end where we're going to let everybody know what that is. Big clue, big hint. It's got something to do with investing for dentists. And it's a really useful and valuable methodology, piece of content that you can use whenever it comes to your investing journey. More on that in just a moment. But before we do that, look, I alluded to what we were going to talk about tonight, which is the four layers or the four decision-making steps that we have whenever it comes to our investing strategy. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pass the mic over to you right now because this is, of course, your forte. Everybody listening, you're going to want to listen to this part of the webinar. This is super valuable. This is one of the coolest methodologies. 
Brilliant. Um, Did you catch so, that? Looks like it might have been my connection. I just all I said was the mic is yours, the stage is yours, my friend. Great, let's go. Um, so for me, the first step is to have a plan. Like plan can be quite straightforward, but really it's breaking down what you're actually looking to achieve by investing your money. Um, so what are your investment goals? Calculate how much you're looking to invest and what the primarily what the time horizon is uh, that you're looking to invest over um, and what is the money for? Because that's going to drive a lot of the future decisions and really um, dictate what you decide to do in the other layers uh, or other steps to to building your portfolio. So first, first step, have a plan. Um, I always suggest to people to write that down so it's very clear, so you can earmark different pots of money to different investment goals. Um, but having a plan um, should precede any investment decisions as far as I'm concerned. Uh, step two um, is to determine, and it's probably the most important decision that you'll you'll make when it comes to investing because it dictates uh, the majority of your investment returns. It's, it's deciding what your asset mix is. So what we would commonly describe as your asset allocation, which is quite simply, it's the mix of assets that you're going to put in your portfolio. Um, now, for most people in a traditional investment portfolio, that's going to comprise um, largely of shares, i.e. equities and bonds. Uh, lots of people have property exposure through other investments directly. Um, some people will choose to um, diversify that further across other asset classes, but um, most people will primarily focus on uh, shares and bonds, equities and bonds. Um, and they the, the difference between them primarily is bonds are defensive and shares are more um, for, for growth. So your asset mix is really deciding the split between defensive assets and growth assets. And, and your weighting between the two um, will uh, ultimately determine two things. It will determine how you know what you'll get in relation to your returns or your, your what you should expect to see in, in, in terms of returns over a long time period. And also what level of volatility you can expect to see in your portfolio. Top stuff. And for everybody who is listening out there, do you know what I'd be really curious to know? Because the number of people who I see who launch into investing, who launch into personal assets within accounts without actually really having an overall strategy, which is actually the main factor that determines what assets we should be putting in those accounts. The number of people who do that is the vast majority in my experience. So what I'd love to know is, as everybody out there in the audience, from everybody out there who's listening in the audience tonight, do you feel like you've made that strategy before before you have made your investments? Do you feel like there's a game plan on that front? Or do you feel like you need a strategy? And I would posit that that's the majority of people, but it'd be interesting to know how many people in the audience feel like they need a strategy whenever it comes to their investing. Now, feel free to pop strategy in the comment section. Be interested to see, and remember this is a safe space. Everybody here is cool. Everybody just wants to see you do well. It's completely fine to say that you've yet to develop a strategy whenever it comes to your investments. In fact, if anything, that's one of the main reasons that I made Dennis Invest and Luke and I created all the cool stuff that we have created together. More on that later. Feel free to throw strategy in the comments. And you know what? Just another reminder, if you feel free to hang around to the end of this webinar, we can tell you a little bit more about that bonus gift for people who have watched the whole entirety of this 20-minute live presentation. Luke, back to you. Yeah, so the three uh, main factors that we consider when determining an asset mix is one, what's your attitude to risk or your risk tolerance, i.e. Um, are you going to be scared out of your investments if you encounter a period of high volatility? So how are you going to react to that volatility because of your natural tendencies, your natural tolerance towards risk? 
two is your capacity for risk, which is really based on your circumstances and your situation and your objectives. How much volatility are you able to endure in your portfolio? Now, somebody with a longer investment time horizon has uh, a higher capacity for risk, for example, because they're able to see out the short-term volatility uh, in um, able to get longer, um, higher long-term returns. Um, so capacity for risk is, is one of the most crucial elements. And then the third is what's your required risk? Um, because if you, based on your, your plan and, and the levels of growth you need to achieve, you may need to factor that in, in terms of um, how much you, you know, you focus on growth assets rather than defensive assets. So when you answer those three questions, it, it steers you towards um, your split between growth assets and defensive assets. Now, somebody with a short time, shorter time horizon is going to clearly focus more towards uh, defensive assets. Somebody that's relying on a portfolio for income, for example, is going to have to factor that in. That determine also fact plays a, a big role in deciding their capacity for risk. So really answering those three questions is, is really going to help uh, drill down and, and, and give you some uh, clarity over what your asset mix should be. Cool. Amazing. And there's one more layer, if I'm correct. Is that right, Luke? We've got more layers. So we've got the asset mix. We then moved out. Oh. We, we've then got fund selection. Um, so fund selection is... Uh, ultimately, what funds are you going to use? Uh, it, you don't have to use funds, but I recommend it for most people. Um, what funds are you going to use to uh, deliver your chosen mix of assets? So that's uh, the vehicles that you're going to use, the collective investment funds that you're going to use where money is pulled together with other investors. Uh, what funds are you going to use to uh, actually achieve that asset allocation that you've decided on? Um, involved in that is the big debate between should you go into active funds or passive funds or possibly a hybrid approach where you blend the two together and um, that's fine um, but deciding on your funds is is where lots of people put all of their attention when actually more of their attention should go on the asset allocation decision but lots of en energy goes into the fund selection decision uh, you can be as hands-on or as hands-off as you like there are many great off-the-shelf solutions now available to most people you can keep things very simple or you can make things slightly more complicated the most important thing though for me when selecting funds is one, that you're ensuring that you've got global diversification and two, that you're trying to um, buy those funds for as low a cost as possible. Fees are absolutely vital. Um, so yeah, step three is fund selection. Step one, planning. Step two, asset mix. Step three, fund selection. And then step four is account selection. Lovely. And you know what? Every time I listen to you talk, look, and every time we have somebody who is of uh, a financial background and Dennis Invest podcast. What always strikes me is just how much there is methodologies and protocols to this stuff that you wouldn't otherwise necessarily realize. And dentistry is exactly the same. There's a protocol of doing a film, there's a protocol of doing a root canal, and this is a protocol of the treatment plan for your investing strategy, which is just a really neat way of looking at it. Back to you, Luke. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a clear formula that you can follow uh, when it comes to portfolio construction that will ensure that you have uh, you, you know you make smart decisions uh, and have positive investment outcomes the next step step four account selection really that's deciding which type of account you're going to use to invest through so where are you going to hold these funds are you going to hold them into a, in an ISA are you going to hold them in a general investment account are you going to hold them in a pension or maybe some other tax wrapper now as a, uh, the, the clue there tax wrapper a lot of these accounts vary based on their tax treatment um, and the the, uh, the criteria that we would tend to use or the key factors, there's three of them. One, tax efficiency. What's going to be the most tax efficient way to invest the money based on your goals and objectives? Two, uh, ease of access. 
when and, and how can you access that money. A pension versus an ISA, for example, they have very different rules around when you can access them. And three, what are the contribution limits? Uh, because the government um, applies certain limits on what you can pay into these different types of accounts. So the three main ones, ISAs, pensions, some people call those SIPs, that's just the type of pension, uh, and general investment accounts um, would, would, would suit most people generally. There are some more complex structures out there that, that people may consider further down the line. But for most people, those three accounts are, are, are key. Awesome stuff. So super high level, there's four layers in the strategy. Maybe if we could just have a nice, was that, did, did, you, did, you, did you do the final one then? Or you just final one is, yeah, the final one is platform yeah. selection. So yeah. step five, right at the very top, We've got platform selection. So uh, to run through, you've got your plan. You've decided your asset mix. You choose which funds you're going to use to um, achieve your desired asset mix. Where are you going to put those funds? What type of account are you going to use? And then what platform are you going to use to bring it all together and hold those accounts? So your platform really is just a it's a, an admin system. It enables you to consolidate multiple accounts in one place. You can have uh, a, an ISA, a general investment account, a pension, all on the same platform. enables really you know, quite easy access and, and easy admin. Um, they do all of the back trading and everything else in terms of buying and selling the funds. They enable you to set up direct debits if you're going to do what we call pound cost averaging and, and pay in on a monthly basis or, or on a different time horizon, uh, time breakdown. Um, so a platform is right at the top. And for me, there's two, two, two things really to consider on that front, two main things anyway, uh, fees and functionality. Um, how much are you going to are you going to pay, and you know what functionality do you need from your platform, and that's going to be determined by everything that we've just discussed. Uh, because if you need something that's quite straightforward, um, based on your fund selection, if you're just going for you know one one type of fund, let's say it's passive funds, then there might be a provider that's better suited to to deliver that. Um, so once you've done everything, then it's deciding what's the the best platform to to achieve uh, your your desired outcomes. And do you know what I love about this little methodology, the four steps, so to speak, is that you can literally write them down and when you've got the answer to every single one, you've got the skeleton of an investment strategy right there. Here we're flipping ready because I've used this in the past, it was really cool. And you know what, when someone elucidates these formulas to you, it actually just makes so much sense. Like it's so logical and it's so simplistic, but it's just having somebody break it down like what we're doing tonight. If we could summarize that, that would be extremely powerful for everybody. Yeah, so quite simply, um, decide your plan, uh, decide your asset mix. I, you're split between defensive assets and growth assets. Um, decide your uh, the, the right funds for you. What's your philosophy around active versus passive, et cetera. Um, and then once you've decided your funds, decide what type of account you want to hold them on uh, based on tax efficiency, ease of access, contribution limits. Uh, and then once you've decided the type of account you're going to use, decide the platform that you want to to uh, adopt in order to put all of that in, in, in action. Where we find people going wrong is getting really hung up on fund selection um, when actually asset allocation based on research accounts for, depends on which research paper you look at, but between 80 and 90 percent, typically most most. Uh, white papers would would suggest uh in terms of what your your uh, your long-term investment outcomes your long-term investment returns your asset mix is really key in determining what you're going to get out in terms of returns and also what what level of volatility you're going to experience uh, along the way so put as much attention as possible towards your asset mix uh, and then move on to fund selection tax wrapper accounts are obviously very very important and then platform selection at the end there 
Beautiful. Thank you for that, Luke. Luke, we've just about got time for one question, and I would love to get your take on something that people frequently ask me, and I know that we've talked about this before, and people used to ask this to you frequently in your days as an independent financial advisor. What is your take on using ISIS for passive income? Because everybody wants to invest in their ISA for inverted commas passive income. How do we define passive income? That's probably another webinar in itself. I know I'm putting you on the spotlight here a little bit because it's actually quite hard to, there's almost like there's, there's so many things to unravel with that statement and unpack that it probably is going to take a little bit more time than what we've got this evening. Perhaps that's going to be another live that we can do at some point. But what is your take on that super high level? What, what do we need to be aware of? I mean, you, you, absolutely, you, you absolutely can use an ISA for passive income, but you have to have a lot of money in there because if we just take a very simple formula and, and there's there's plenty of flaws in this, but we talk about the 4% rule, um, which just really suggests that if you've got a lump sum of money in an account, you can take 4% um, without running out of money uh, in terms of a, a sustainable withdrawal rate. Now, there are caveats to that, plenty of caveats to that. But if we're using that as a benchmark, you have to have quite a sizable portfolio to generate the level of passive income that you're looking uh, that, you're, that most people will be looking uh, to, to achieve. So simply putting £20,000 in an ISA is not going to suddenly give you the passive income that, that's going to enable you to have financial freedom anytime soon. You have to really, it's a, it's a long-term strategy. Um, so you and I talk about build, worth, build wealth and create wealth. Really, if you're looking to uh, to put money in an ISA, it's a long-term uh, growth asset that's going to sit there, compound, build up over time. And then in the future, you'll be able to draw an income from it. But it's not going to get you to financial freedom overnight. Uh, it is really a set and forget. And uh, it's a, a strategy to adopt over uh, many, many years to to build up the pot that you need in order to to, uh, to give you that income. Um, so it really, um, ISAs are brilliant, but no, they're not going to give you passive income overnight. There's there's other ways possibly to, to achieve that um, where you can uh, get things going a bit quicker. And just to give an idea, just to give everybody an idea in terms of timeframes over which they can expect this inverted commas passive income. And the reason I'm saying inverted commas passive income is because how we define passive income, again, is probably a debate for another night. But let's just use a commonly accepted definition for the moment, which is continuous income coming into your bank account. The issue is, the issue is that when Luke was talking about time just then, what Luke was referring to was not just flipping weeks or months or maybe even years, we were actually literally talking about decades. And there may be other methods that are a little bit more outside the box that can achieve that in the short term. Of course, it's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. But it's important to know this stuff and be able to understand that actually that methodology may not be the best way. Would you agree with that, Luke? Yeah, I agree with that. So for me, these these are uh, investing in this way we talk about four different types of assets. You've got your growth assets, which is for, for long-term growth. It's, a, it's where you store your money in order to, to benefit from compound growth, where your, your money rolls up and compounds over time. Uh, you've got cash flow assets, which put puts money in your pocket straight away. You've got um, business assets, which is, is obvious. And then you've got lifestyle assets, which are things that you own that necessarily might not be uh, <laughs> the most uh, financially smart uh, purchases that you've made, but uh, from a lifestyle perspective, you choose to own them. Um, and so, for 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 me, ISIS very much fall into the the long term growth uh, section. Cool. The more you know, guys, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up around about now. 
like to keep these webinars short, powerful, impactful, and punchy, and around about the 20 minutes mark seems to be the sweet spot for anybody who is listening tonight. Feels like they need a little bit of help with this stuff coming into 2024, a little bit of help implementing the stuff that we mentioned tonight, go ahead and throw game plan in the comment section below. Feel free to do that and we can connect after this webinar is over. We can reach out to you, you can reach out to us, however the heck that looks. Throw game plan in the comment section if you feel like you need a little bit of assistance implementing things that we talked about using Luke's expertise that is totally possible. And also one quick thing before we go, I know that I promised at the very start there was going to be a gift for everybody who continued throughout the course of the webinar, continued throughout the course of this live tonight to watch until the very end. And we're about to drop that right now. We've got an ebook which explains a lot of this stuff in even more detail. Seven costs and potentially disastrous mistakes that dentists make whenever it comes to their finances. These are the seven most frequent things that we observe in dentists and their habits that could be improved upon in order to improve a dentist's financial outlook. And also, key clause, it also shows you how to fix them as well. And it certainly helps on that front. So if you want the ebook, feel free to comment ebook in the comment section. And we're going to go ahead and round up around about now. We can reach out to you about the ebook afterwards. Luke, is there anything you'd like to say just to wrap up? No, enjoy, enjoy tonight. Um, yeah, have a, have a good evening. All good in the hood. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see everybody on Dennis Invest, everybody who came to watch the webinar tonight. We will see you all next week, same time, same place, for another webinar on the topic of finance for dentists. Much love and see you all soon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit follow or subscribe so you can stay up to date with information on new podcasts which are released weekly. Please also feel free to leave a positive review so others can learn about this podcast and benefit from it. I would also encourage any fans of the podcast to sign up to the free Facebook community from which the podcast originated. Please search Dentists Who Invest on Facebook and hit join to become part of a community of thousands of other dentists interested in improving their finances, well-being and investing knowledge. Looking forward to seeing you on there.